Hello, and welcome to Dice Don't Die, a Pathfinder 2nd Edition podcast. Age of Ashes, Book 2, The Cult of Cinders. Many theologians espouse the popular belief that the gods do not directly interfere in mortal affairs upon Galarian. Such direct action would invite meddling from rival gods, or so the conventional wisdom goes, which could quickly devolve into a deific war. Yet though the potential risks of such an act are very true, the thought that the gods are in any way barred from taking action is a lie. From Siren Ray striking a city from the face of the earth to Zon Kuthon's involvement with the nation of Nidel, the divine powers of Galarian have acted before to directly mark the world in countless ways since its creation. Some of these acts have been prominently recorded, even lauded, by priests and religious scholars. Others have long been forgotten, their records lost in disasters, or their memory blotted from the history by those who wish to maintain the illusion of a stable future that cannot be shattered by the whim of a malevolent god. Few know of the time when a dragon god of destruction spread his wings over the skies of Galarian. When Earthfall nearly brought about the world's end, Dahak could not help but take note. He explored the metaphysical boundaries separating his realm in hell and the world of Galarian. All right, guys, welcome back. It's been a little while, hasn't it? Who are you guys? We're yep. all still here. <laughs> At least physically. Yes. Or digitally. <laughs> digitally in our case. So I want to start off this episode taking care of some housekeeping. First, Let's talk about what all's happened. Guys, we finished an entire book. It took us forever. Yeah. First time since third grade. Yay! So what happened? From the beginning of the book or the beginning of the last (laughs) episode? Beginning of the book. What happened, guys? Give me... Give me a short synopsis of everything that has happened to your characters so far in game. We had the call to heroes. And then... Call four heroes. Call four heroes. And that was at Breachton. Breach Hill. Breach Hill. Breachton is the... The wizard. Guy. Guy. Uh, And then we fought a... Fire Elemental, Fire Mephit, and saved the people from the burning building. And come to find out that Fire Mephit was uh, spawned by 
none other than Nigel's nemesis, Calmont. Mm. That's right. And why, in fact, is he uh, Nigel's nemesis? Nigel really wanted the job to work at that bookstore. With Vaz? Uh, he thought he did. You know, at, <laughs> at the time, he really did. And, but Calmont, this smooth halfling words, I don't know. Got it instead. Yeah, that's like side plot stuff, though. Gotcha. Yeah. Alright, so Calmont summoned a fire elemental. You were able to defeat it. And then the council hired you to go after Calmont. Mm-hmm. So what did you guys yep. do from there? So we walked all the way to the Citadel and I took a very circuitous route to figure out where everybody was. Uh, we picked up some warg puppies. We fought a Growlodon and also Calmont. Uh, we saved some goblins and they threw us a party. That is actually very true. Although what is weird is the Growlodon itself. Because that type of creature shouldn't be around here. And later, after you talked with Helba, the leader of the goblins, uh, and she led you to the basement, you guys ran into some other creatures that aren't supposed to be in this area either. Yeah, we fought some rainbow-colored birds. Mm-hmm. Some funny monkey people. We asked about bear, no bear. We found out there was bear. Uh, but we did not disturb bear. So we nope. left bear there. Yep. We <laughs> went and found an odd little mini night creature and a blob. A blob that kept trying to dissolve the mini night creature. We got rid of that thing. Uh... Somehow managed to... Uh, befriend the Midnight Knight, even though he yep. does not speak the same language. We or do they not don't. understand him. That's right. I, I think I think Firethorn understands him on a le- on a certain level, on a level of suffering, but language wise, no, not so much. And then you were able to interrogate some of the Charuka. The monkey people. (laughs) And they told you they had traveled through a portal. Was it? It was. Yeah. Yep. And Uh. that they had made their way here because they were working with someone in town. The lady with the very severe ponytail. That's right. Which could be none other than Vaz herself. Yes. You finished exploring the basement, and while you were in the crypt, there was a man dressed in Hell Knight armor trying to sneak past. Uh, However, when you guys saw him, he got a little indignant, told you he was there uh, searching for his family heirloom, and history. 
Um, and then he showed you begrudgingly, of course. Uh, he showed you the tunnel going back into town that led to the pickled ear. Uh, just a quick note here. Ashka discovered uh, the family heirloom that he was looking for. Uh, she's the only one who who knows that she found it. That is true. Uh, and she has not given it back. Nope. Because he was kind of a jerk. He was. But he did help you. Begrudge. But he, but he also called Sonny a shrub. Oh, yeah, well, most definitely. A lot he's, of people call Sonny a shrub. He's used to it. He's not 100, 100% convinced that Sonny is not just a talking bush. Which, in fairness, Sonny is kind of just a talking bush. Uh, so you guys go back into town, you find the proprietor of the pickled ear, Roxy. She tells you that she had made a agreement with Vaz that allowed her to travel back and forth, uh, through the pickled ear, uh, during off hours. And so she was very upset that you were all there. You then, uh, investigated Vaz's bookstore, which you find abandoned. And the first time you had tried to do that, Vaz herself was there, and she moved- did not appreciate that. <laughs> did not appreciate you guys coming into her house uninvited as a cricket. <laughs> hey, hey uh, that was a cockroach. But... Oh, excuse me. <laughs> yeah. That's hey. better. Right. I petted gotcha. her building to make sure it was nice. Why was she upset? <laughs> okay, Sonny. I'm <laughs> proud of you. Uh, I think by petted, you mean you tried to climb it and it didn't work. It failed horribly. Yeah, that's right. Yes. So, uh, the second time, the building was abandoned. You were able to search through it and you found some notes of Vaz. Vaz's. Uh, leading to a clearing um, only a few miles south of the Citadel. You also found a book of Breach Hill's history where she has made notes on the side uh, making corrections and uh, sort of laughing off some of their town history. Mm-hmm. Ashka also found something. She found a spike trap. Haha, <laughs> yes. <laughs> you, you are correct. She found that... You know, I, what I think happened is her chest actually found that spike trap. Yeah, she also almost found the light <laughs> at the end of the tunnel. Yeah, she, she really did. Uh, that was a rough trap. Mm-hmm. Spike traps, we found out, are dangerous. Uh, real bad. Not great. Uh, also, I think you guys were able to open up the lockbox at that time? Or was it later that you finally were able to open up that lockbox that you found in the Citadel? Uh, uh, I think Nigel opened that up about the time of the goblin party. 
Ah, gotcha. Okay. I think so. That was that was a big thing for him was to be able to open up that lockbox. He just wanted to know what was in the box. It's true. Finally, you guys headed to the clearing. You found a mercenary group. Um, you were able to um, accost them and find out that they had been hired. They had been here, hired by Vaz to patrol the area. Um, you found this out by interviewing Demiri, who was a hobgoblin rogue. Uh, and then you let her live. The rest of her merry band of uh, mercenaries, not so much. I definitely didn't get that treatment. Then you headed in to the caves, cave system that Vaz was researching. You were able to find Vaz herself, as well as some of her undead minions. And after a lengthy battle, were able to defeat her. Which I think was very satisfying for all of you. Yes. Then, after you rested, some spiders came to attack you from further down the tunnel. And after defeating them, you thought you heard additional spiders coming, but it turns out to be a woman by the name of Renali. She met with you, explained that she had been sucked through a portal while she was investigating the Cult of Cinders, which is the cult that cult members that you had defeated in the basement of the Citadel. Uh, and she has agreed to help you defeat the rest of the cult and for her to try to get back home. Which she says is a long way away. As she does not recognize the stars in the sky. So you will travel further into the cave system. You find a tunnel down. Uh, some of you were able to make it down without incident. Uh, some of us jumped. Yeah. Some of some us of not us so shouted. much. Yeah. Some of us slipped and fell 20 feet. Like the athletic wizards they are. Yep. Yep, yep, yep. And at the bottom of this uh, tunnel, you found the leader of the uh, Cinder Claws. The cult. I think you mean the former owner of the Cinder Claw Gauntlet. Which is now Ashka's. That's true. Yes, the former owner <laughs> of that very sick, sick gauntlet. Uh, and you guys fight him and his cronies. Uh, we're able to retrieve a special item from him uh, that looked like a large arrowhead. And then you found Estella's ring. This is a giant room with what looked to be six doorways, each with a special keyhole in the wall. 
you also found a uh, treasure room that was guarded by a door. Mm-hmm. Uh, that Firethorn really wanted to punch. But you were able to defeat without punching. Uh, I think Nigel was, uh, was the one who spoke to him. Mm-hmm. And was able to get him to back down. It, it wasn't entirely without punching because Nigel got punched by the door. That is true. And then Nigel pulled out the Alceta figurine they had found in the Citadel. Mm-hmm. And it, it calmed the uh, the door warden? Yes. Mm-hmm. So then you were able to uh, loot that room and you found that the arrowhead that you had found fit into the impression into one of the gates that Renali said she had come through. Uh, also in the center of the room was a large fountain that wasn't working. So, uh, Firethorn being the quester of the portals that she is, put the key in the hole And the portal activated, uh, but then immediately deactivated. Wasn't there like a bunch of like red sparky lightning or something? There was. It put on a great show, but unfortunately was not working. And that is where we left off last session. With you all needing time to figure out how to get the portal running again. Now, this is going to take two weeks, which I had let you guys know. Uh, I had also let you know that your characters were going to level up. So let's go over that first. Let's do level up stuff. Then we're going to go over downtime activities that you guys were able to get done in those two weeks. Uh, Check in with some of our uh, different NPC friends. And then we'll we'll see how that portal gets repaired. So first, for level up, uh, Firethorn, what level up stuff did you take? Well, uh, at level five, barbarians learn brutality, uh, which means they're ba- they become experts in basically all the weapons. Um, for my ancestry feat, Firethorn picked Gnome Obsession, which gives her an ex- makes her an expert in any lore of her choosing, plus her background lore. So now Firethorn is an expert in lore portal as well as lore Kintargo. Um, <laughs> Yeah, With you had her, to pick the portal one. Yes. You just had to, right? Uh, sure. And then with her ability boost, one of the important one is that she took an ability boost to int, 
which means she now knows draconic and she picked up a uh, the crafting skill. Um, and so in her downtime, she has been using that crafting skill to forge her own plus one striking spiked chain with the teeth that she gra- she picked from the, um, oh, the, uh, what are they? I forget the monkey guys. Uh, oh, the Charuka. Yeah, yeah. She picked, she picked out one of their, their teeth, right? Or something. Or maybe mm-hmm. there were teeth on the yeah. ground. I forget. The point is, she's using those teeth to forge her spiked chain, plus one striking spiked chain. Um, so that's what she was doing in her downtime, as well as obsessively learning all things portal related. Yep, that definitely tracks. Uh, Nigel. So, uh, Nigel had a for a skill increase. He took crafting. He he went from uh, trained to expert, um, and then. Nigel took the skilled heritage way back at level one in occultism. And then that also at level five moved occultism up to expert. Um, nice. Yeah. Uh, that was a surprise. I kind of, I'd forgotten that that was going to happen. Um, one of his ability boosts was to intelligence. So he got to get another skill and another language out of that. Uh, the skill he took is uh, religion, so now he's trained in religion. And then the language he took is infernal. Ah. Uh, mm, yeah. So, story-wise, it will be that uh, Nigel has spent a lot of time uh, sort of talking with Hell Knight and learning the language. But also doing his best to sort of talk to uh, Hell Knight and um, the Mi- Mini Knight, and sort of try to teach him communication or, or a common language as well. Um, he got Ancestry Feet. Uh, he took Clever Improviser, which means that uh, all of the untrained skills that I have, I can now use half of my level as the proficiency modifier and uh, Nigel can attempt any untrained action. So that's great. Well, that includes like all lores. Right? I don't know. It just says skills. Yeah, just it just says skills. Mm-hmm. So this is the type of thing uh, that you can kind of whip out when you're just trying to f- figure something out. Just we're uh, a-, a hail mary, so to speak. Nigel's just gonna wing it. Exactly. Plus, Nigel knows a little bit of everything. Yeah. Uh, wizards also get lightning uh, reflex saved expert. And then I got uh, level three spells this time around. Nice. And the the two level three spells that I chose were Lightning Bolt, uh, 4d12 electricity damage in a 120-foot line. Mm -hmm. Holy cow. Mm -hmm. So then that would hit anyone in that line. Oh, yeah. Correct. Correct. 
That's mm -hmm. that's what I thought, and that's that's amazing. Um, yeah, uh, that was one of my favorites in Pathfinder One. And then uh, I, my other spell. This is from the the Advanced Player's Guide. Uh, it's Aqueous Orb, and this has a mountain of text in it. <laughs> um, I created a sphere of water ten feet in diameter in an unoccupied space, and then I can uh, move it up to ten feet by using an action to sustain it. And if an enemy or if, yeah, if an enemy gets caught in it, they make a reflex save to not be stuck in the water. And then once they're stuck there, I can like move them around in the in the, in the ball of water. That's pretty awesome. That's that. Wow! So Nigel got quite a bit. Yeah, level five is a big level. Uh, and finally, but definitely not least, uh, how's uh, Ashka doing over there? What'd she get? Oh, she's great. Um, so she, much like Nigel, she's now an expert in crafting. Um, she also got trained in intimidation. Uh, she's a very <laughs> intimidating three feet tall. Um, she took the feet torch goblin, which means that she can now light herself on fire. And, like, just go hug people. So that's fun and also good. Uh, Ashka um, doesn't really seem like the hugging type. No, but in this case, it's kind of, like, more ironic. Right. Because the hugs are literally hurting other people. Gotcha. Okay. So and, those are the types of hugs okay. she like, likes. Like, hugging people because of genuine emotion? Nuh-uh. No, no, no. We're not about that. Hugging people because it causes them physical harm? Yes. That's <laughs> ironic and hilarious. I would like gotcha. to know Sunny will is still it, offer to hug during that. So Is it really careful. a hug or is it just kind of a grapple? Well, I mean, but what I is mean, a grapple but just a hearty hug? Semantics. Um... See, she also uh, got another specific uh, research field feat, so she can now make three of any type of bomb out of an alchemical reagent uh, instead of just two of the same type. So more bombs, more variety of bombs. We love that. Uh, and she learned two new formulas. She learned the next level for Elixir of Life, so that does more healing. Um, and then learned a formula out of the uh, the Advanced Player's Guide uh, called Blight Bomb, which is a poison bomb. So she skipped the first level version of that, went right to the third level moderate version. Nice. Um, so. All right. Well, that is some pretty productive level ups, guys. So this is the first time that we've had to deal with this, but we are actually doing downtime activities this time. So uh, downtime is new to Pathfinder 2. I really, really like it. 
So each of you have picked one or two activities that you are doing during downtime. Now, Sunny, you wanted to spend what time uh, cleaning and preparing the Citadel for your new base of operations. Is that correct? Just either repairing some walls, fixing up some doors, mm-hmm. cleaning up. Yeah, absolutely. pretty pictures on the walls. Who knows? And, uh, Sarah, that was what you were going to do also. Correct. Okay. Um, so what I need from both of you guys are crafting checks to okay. see how much you can get done in that period of time. <laughs> Welcome back, everybody. That's a nat 20. Uh, plus 13. Nice. A 33. So that's a 33 for my first roll back from hiatus. Oh. Welcome to it all going downhill from here. Yeah, probably. I oh, mean, no. statistically, that's the only place that it's likely to go. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, let's see. We got a natural 16 plus 6, so 22. 22 and 33? Mm-hmm. 22 and 33. Uh, so, yeah, you guys are able to do a ton of work. Uh, so you're able to clean out most of the rooms, uh, get the courtyard cleared out. Uh, you make general repairs all over the facility. Uh, you're able to rebuild the collapsed stairs and most of the crumbled walls. In two weeks' wow. time, that's a lot of work. So, Shorty squad represent. <laughs> yeah, that's fantastic. Uh, really good job. So, uh, you guys were able to, because you both crit succeeded, were able to do twice the amount of work you would normally. So, very, very good. All right. Uh, Firethorn, what was your, your downtime activity was building your weapon, correct? Yep. So, you also need to make a craft roll. Oof, it was a terrible roll. I got a 13. Oh, I rolled a, I rolled a 5 plus 8 to get 13. Sorry. So what that means, given the time constraints that you're on, uh, you are able to finish the item, so you're able to make your spike chain. Uh, but you don't save any money doing it. Now, that takes four days, so you could scrap that four days of work and just salvage the raw materials and try again, or uh, you could just pay... Essentially, you pay for a spike chain that you made yourself. Either one is fine. I'm going to play it like uh, Firethorn drew up this like really incredible gnarly design 
and handed it to a professional and handed the professional a handful of teeth and said, make. (laughs) Yeah, I can see that. Absolutely. 100%. (laughs) Uh, So that is pretty fantastic. That would have been done. So you could have had it done at uh, the town blacksmith. Mm-hmm. But I think that you started at quarters and bits. Oh, yeah. The reason I say that is because of your relationship with Crink Twiddleton. So Crink uh, has wanted to go on a date with you for a while. Uh, and you, you did agree. Mm-hmm. So I think that during that date, uh, you brought this picture with you. As and- Firethorn is really proud of it, too. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And uh, I also think that you brought the bag of teeth too like this is your first first date uh with this uh no merchant he's a businessman <laughs> he would he would know of such things is exactly. he a halfling he is a halfling i said okay. no he's a halfling uh but here's the thing he knows several high skilled smiths so he is able to uh to get you your item crafted. <laughs> oh, that's funny. All right. Uh and finally we have Nigel. Uh, so what was your downtime activity? Remind me again. Uh Nigel is going to spend uh, some of the time uh, working at the Breach Hill Archives. That was where he had, where he was working before. That's right. So you're going to try to earn income. Yes. With, okay. with what kind of lore? Architecture lore. Kintargo. Oh my gosh. No, <laughs> it's definitely architecture. Nope, that's oh. just Firethorn. Oh, jeez. When that finally is going to become relevant, Firethorn is going to be all over it. Just think, it's true. Just think how relevant portal lore is going to be through the rest of the campaign, Jesse. Yep, I'm pretty pumped about it. Actually, <laughs> yes. Uh, in the library at the Citadel, there is now an entire bookshelf of books on portals. Firethorn has read all of them. Oh, yeah. No, no, no. Cover that bookshelf was curated by Firethorn. Uh, all right. So we are going to have you roll your skill check for your in- earned income. We're going to set the DC at a 15. So not too low. Not too, or not too high, I mean. Okay. Well, uh, I rolled a 14 plus 11. So oh, okay. oh, perfect. So you actually crit. 
And are you an expert? No. Okay, so it's trained. trained. So, um, with a crit on that, you actually get the amount of currency listed for the task level at one higher plus your proficiency. Well, that's trained. We already said that. So you would have gotten every day three silver pieces. And you did that for two weeks? Yes. Uh, assuming that in the off time, you know, in the off time in the evenings, he can perform other miscellaneous tasks. Oh, absolutely. So you were able to make 42 silver. Dang. Not bad. Mm-mm. You can afford lots of warg chow with that. He doesn't have to buy warg chow. No, that's true. Lots of, lots of parchment. Quills. Well, what does Sebastian eat? Rats? Whatever Sebastian wants. What, yeah, that's what I was, I was thinking. I was like, whatever is slower than Sebastian. <laughs> Sebastian can have all the fine dining. I also suspect that Sebastian likes to go to the market while you're working sometimes and like uh, talk his way into treats from like the different people at the market. <laughs> yeah. Like, even Crank will be like, oh, it's a dragon bird. I'm all about this. I, I, I imagine that he, uh, Sebastian has a, a ruse going with one of the uh, local children. Whenever there's uh, somebody new in town, uh, he'll, he'll perch on their shoulder, and the kid will go up to him like, I bet you five silver this bird can talk. <laughs> Boom. Oh, man. They that, both, and then they they both eat it? that day. Yeah. He has his own racket going on. Nice. Wait, was this child not going to eat that day? But this child is definitely eating that day. Okay. <laughs> I mean, you never know. Yeah. Oh, I like it. I like it a lot. Um, so I think that mostly covers the official downtime activities, but there are some things that. Uh, I want to go over a little bit on some some people we want to check in with and what they've done in the passing two weeks. So first we have uh, Mini Knight. So Mini Knight has been uh, in during the day. He's actually been with Warble in town. Now, Warble has taken over the bookstore that was Vaz's. She is still doing her uh, diplomatic duties, um, following up with the Bramble Brashers and, uh, you know, attending council meetings. But now she is also um, organizing and running the bookstore. Uh, this is a new sk- skill set for her. 
So she she's had a bit of a learning curve. So to help her out with that, she has been teaching Mini Knight how to be a clerk. Uh, essentially teaching him some people skills. Since that has something that does not come naturally to Mini Knight. Uh, not anymore. And in the evenings, Nigel and Mini Knight uh, have been trading language. So he's learning common from Warble during the day, but he's also uh, learning it in the evenings with Nigel and teaching Nigel Infernal. With, with every day getting more and more language skills. So he's not he's not 100% yet, but he's definitely getting better. Uh, socialization is, is helping quite a bit. Uh, the wargs are now at this point two months old, so they're still pretty young. They're not yet talking. Um, they are not uh, have not grown too big yet, uh, but they are getting rambunctious and showing a bit of personality. Um, obviously, we talked about Crank Twiddleton uh, on his date with Firethorn. Uh, I did have a question about that. You mean well, Twink Crinkleton? Crank Twiddleton. That's his name. Sure. Crank Twiddleton. <clears throat> Twink Crinkleton. Anyway. Uh, now, during the process of making Firethorn's uh, flail, a uh, spiked chain, excuse me, he uh, definitely asks for, you know, a second date. Is Firethorn in any way interested in uh, a second date? Um, I mean, what went down on the first one? Did we just go get like yummy food? And he let me, did he let uh, Firethon just blabber on forever about weapons and like the best ways to hurt people with them? <laughs> so the way that I see envision it is uh, you, you did go for a meal. And for the most part, yes, he did let you sort of um, talk about your interests in maiming people with weapons. Uh, but I, <laughs> I, I think also he talked about how, like, he tried to show off the things that he knew about the crafting process, and uh, he, he did try to engage in some of his own conversation as well. But it was interesting okay. conversation. Okay. Um, I just imagine Firethorn is kind of oblivious to how dating is supposed to work. But gotcha. she had she probably had a good time. Okay. So he he is uh still in hot pursuit, we shall say. Okay. Of okay. Firethorn. Okay. Uh yeah, sure. She she she'd go on another date. So Sunny and 
um, Ashka, while you all are working on the Citadel, you, before work had even started, you had met with Helba and explained to her that you had found the deed to the Citadel uh, and you were interested in giving it to them, to the, the client. And she had stated, well, we don't care too much about that. We just want the base. So you've decided to make that sort of your permanent operations. And while you all have been clearing the upper portions, they have been clearing out the basement. So essentially, you guys are in a castle duplex. Yes. <laughs> Where Hel Helba is in the bottom and you guys are on the top floor. So while you have been cleaning, so have they. And one of the people that you two notice helping the Bramble Brashers is Alec, uh, the Hell Knight. And he has sort of taken off his Hell Knight armor for the most part and has donned some workman's clothes, and he has been helping Helba clear out the basement. <gasps> In fact, they have taken all of the Hell Knight remains, all of the, anything that is of Hell Knight uh, important, and relocated it. So the remains of the individuals, they have relocated to an off-site burial site, uh, and the goblins have helped him. Uh, he has also helped them uh, kind of tame their bear a little bit uh, and has used the bear in helping them uh, transport some of the bigger statues and things. Uh, so Bear go there. Kind of. Okay. Uh, so, the bear just so needed he, a, he a healthy outlet. That's all it needed. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so yeah, he, he has been surprisingly getting along with the uh, goblins. Um, there have been a couple of times where he has said some snide remarks and uh, Helba has said some snide remarks right back and it seems to be working for them uh so he is helping them um and has no mention of when he is leaving uh you know that it will happen eventually but probably when they've got the basement completely cleared out um finally we have Renali. so she has been working with Firethorn and Nigel on portals. Her focus specifically is on this portal, the one that she calls Hunter's Gate. And she has been trying to repair the portal itself. Now, she has 
called all of you. Like I said, it's now been two weeks. She has told each of you to meet her in the morning in front of Hunter's Gate, as she believes with your all help, your all's help, she has repaired the portal. And that is where we start book two. In a large room full of mysterious doors and imprints of symbols. One of the doors is dead. What? I said one of the doors is dead. Um, Is it dead or did it just back down? I think it just backed down. I think you're right. Yeah. Well, that was for the door warden. Yeah. Well, you but, keep no, calling the door it a door. warden was a door. Remember? You tried he to was. open the door, and the door turned into a... <laughs> so if we're counting that one, it is actually a room of six, uh, seven doors. Mm. I was counting that one. Yeah. That, so it's six essentially hollow alcoves. They're like doorways. There's no actual oh, right. door. I remember like there's like arches or something. Yeah. Exactly. Door or no door? Multiple. Four door. Seven doors. Oh, that's better. I hate you guys. <laughs> oh, I can play. Dumbledore. Ooh. Oh! <laughs> Got it. Oh, jeez. All right. Well, anyway. As you all stand in front of Renali... She seems to be nervous as she turns the arrowhead over and over in her hand. If my calculations are correct, everything must be in place exactly. She points to some bricks that must have been damaged in a fight of some sort that she is now repositioned and uh, points to a chip that was actually in the um, arrowhead itself that she has now filed uh, smooth. Well... Here goes. She puts the arrowhead into the slot. And instead of the lightning that you all had seen before, You mostly see mist swirling purple, some red and blue mixed within. But a a force that seems to be pulling at each of you.
Renali is unable to hold in her excitement. She screams out in joy and walks through. What do you guys do? Sunny's jaw just drops, I guess. Oh no, wait, Sunny doesn't have a jaw to drop. Never mind. <laughs> One of Sunny's Sonny's vines is a little bit lower. <laughs> Firethorn's been, you know, working towards this for two weeks. She is going to, uh... Well, she has this long chain now with spikes on it. Is there anything near the door, the portal, that she can kind of, like, attach it to? Um, she wants a tether, is what she's yeah, trying to do. Yeah, I, I definitely get what you're saying. No, but it mostly wouldn't be long enough. (laughs) If you have a rope, you could easily do that. You could tether yourself to the uh, fountain. Not painful enough. She's going to hand one end of the chain to to Nigel and say, here, hold this. Be careful. Because, you know, there's like sharks. And then yank as hard as she can. (laughs) Which end do you hand to Nigel? Doesn't matter. (laughs) They're both spiky. (laughs) There's... If you look up like the description of a spike chain, that's part of it. Like they say, like so you could attach handholds, but you don't have to. Um, and so Firethorn did not. Uh, like she doesn't wait to see if Nigel actually grabs it, though, and she just kind of runs through. <laughs> <laughs> this is uh, me not being in any way shocked. And what um, does Nigel do? Yeah, what do the rest of you do? Hmm. N- Nigel casts Mage Hand on the end of the chain that is now lying <laughs> on the floor. <laughs> that nice. Firethorn tried to hand to him. Like Firethorn's not going to walk very far in. Like she knows the chain is only so long. Like she's only going to go like a couple steps in. Like she's no, not. No, I, like, I get it. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So the Mage Hand is holding the spike chain. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Gotcha. Keep in mind, the other end of the spike chain is, like, attached to, to Firethorn's waist. <laughs> Stabbing her? Probably. Definitely. It's fine. It's fine. Yeah. Zonkathon be praised. Exactly. Uh, well, I guess seeing Renali, like, step through, like, why not? Let's go for it. And Sunny will just walk on through. You're not going to say, here, hold my vine? Nope. <laughs> All right. <laughs> nope. Famous last words. <laughs> um, I think as much as Ashka is really curious about what's going on, she's gonna look at Nigel. If she'd be like, "So you, so are you staying here?" I, I think we're gonna go through. I'm gonna go through. I, I, I bet it's way more interesting than here. <laughs> is um quick quick question: Is your mage hand gonna stay put, or like were you just doing that until you go through the portal and then? <laughs> I to, to to be honest, I panicked a little. So um, <laughs> I I think I'm gonna I, I'm gonna pick it up and then we just I'm just gonna go through. Yes. <laughs> Please. 
Ashka's gonna laugh at that and be like, okay, and then finger guns at Nigel and walk through the portal backwards. <laughs> okay. All right. I can actually see this. Uh, Nigel. Nigel will uh, use Mage Hand to push the chain through the portal the rest of the way, and then also go through the portal. But then stops right at the right at the right at you know the threshold and kind of looks over at Sebastian. You in, buddy? Yes, Nigel. Let's do this. All right. So then they go through the portal. All right. As the mists of the magical portal fade, and as uh, Firethorn learned, uh, as each of you did, as you stepped through, you find a 20-foot-wide passageway stretching off into the distance. The walls seem to be made of hardened lava. Tiny cracks and fissures line the walls, with orange glows that flickers, giving off the a soft, fiery illumination. The wall of gold and silver mist from the portal glows from behind, while a sim- similar faint glow beckons about a hundred feet ahead. The air is uncomfortably warm and smells of smoke. So we're just in a building made of magma blocks? You're in a hallway m- made of uh, magma blocks. Hallway made of magma blocks, okay. Okay, so we're like in portal purgatory, basically. So there's a portal 100 feet ahead of us, and then the one we walked through behind us? Yes. Standard okay. two-by-two Minecraft tunnel. Yes. Yeah, so uh, did... Uh, Renali already run ahead, or no? She is waiting for you, and at this point, she again looks very nervous, and and she says, "I was running very quickly. I don't remember this section well." Well, Firethorn to say, "Well, I mean, it's just, the portal's just right there. Doesn't seem like there's much to see here. Cool walls, though. Quick, do a lore architecture on them. Tell me about these walls." They're very glowy. Does Firethorn use the just to say Lorark? (laughs) No, Firethorn is going to like tug on Nigel's robe and say, fancy building man, tell me about these walls. (laughs) Uh, Nigel rolled a seven, but uh, plus 11, so 18. You think that the lava is running all around the tunnel. You also aren't quite sure where you are. There isn't really architecture so much as a hollowed out magma tunnel. Okay. Since I did all this research on portals, was I expecting there to be space in between, like, you know, the starting point and the destination? No, actually. Most of the portals that you have read about uh, do not have this. Um, give me give me a lore portal check. Ooh, okay. So I rolled a 14 plus 10, so that's a 24. 
So you think that this this seems to be a way station. If a portal is stretching a very great distance, sometimes there will be a way station like this that helps with the travel. The portals at each end are connected so that when one activates, the other it does as well. But usually this space in between is on a different plane. Okay, so we're not, so even though, so like we're, let's say we're on, uh, is Earth even the right term? What's the? Galarian. Galarian, okay. So we start out on Galarian and we may end up in Galarian, but the way station is probably in another plane. Okay. Uh, Firethorn touches one of the walls. It is hot. Zonka like, be praised. Yeah. She had to know. She had to know. Yeah. No, no, no. It is definitely hot. If she didn't, Sunny was going to. (laughs) (laughs) Although, as you all move forward, as I assume you do, uh, it it does seem to get warmer. We are surrounded by the magma. About halfway through, though, a. figure appears amid the tunnel. It is a small fiery dragon. (gasps) Firethorn pulls out her chain. (laughs) She is ready to go. How small is small? Yes, that's what I'd like to know too. Like a small creature or a small dragon, which would still be like a larger, <laughs> no, medium-sized it's, creature. It's, it looks like a small creature. Huh. Are you telling me that there is a dragon made of fire that is Ashka-sized in front of Ashka? Yeah. So, Bratz... Blasts of fire and smoke pour out to coalesce into this creature. Uh, Go ahead and give me initiative as well as a knowledge religion for those of you who have it. I say knowledge religion, religion. Recall knowledge religion. Uh, sometimes I say things that are definitely first edition. Get ready for my natural one. Oh, not a natural one uh, for religion. Natural 19 plus 9, so 28. I got a nat 1 for uh, initiative, so I would like to hero point that if you don't mind. <laughs> no, I do not. 
Oh, cool. I got a five that time. It's better. Who all rolled knowledge religion? Sunny. Nigel. What'd you get? Uh, total, I got 28. Okay. What was your initiative? 11. Okay. Nigel? Nigel got a uh, rolled an 11 plus 10, so 21 on the religion check. And then for initiative, rolled a 17 plus 10, so 27. Ashka? Uh, I did not attempt the religion check because I am not trained in that. And uh, rolled an 8 plus 9, 17 for initiative. Okay. Um, I rolled a five plus 12, so also a 17 for initiative. Yeah, uh, which one of you two wants to go first? I mean, Firethorn would like to kill this dragon very very much. Ashka really doesn't want to because she loves fire. Firethorn will not hold back and will kill this dragon because dragons are her anathema. So... couple of things happen right as Firethorn rushes. Nigel and Sunny, you both realize that this is not a corporeal creature. This is a manifestation. A a a dragon that represents the god of destruction hmm. dog it also grows because it had initially coalesced as a small creature mm-hmm. and then grew as you approach to encompass the entire space. Oh, good. What's the... Charizard! (laughs) Yeah, kinda. What's the width of this tunnel? Uh, what did I say? 20 feet? I think so. 20 foot wide. So, almost the entire thing. It grows to be 15 feet. Um, Sunny, you rolled high enough to know that uttering prayers to a non-evil deity will counteract the manifestation's presence. (laughs) Uh. He gets to pray for action. (laughs) He does. Uh, however, finally, the non-violence we've been we've been <laughs> yes. craving. I I knew the moment that I read about this, like a couple weeks ago, I was like, "Oh, Sunny's <laughs> gonna be thrilled." Finally, uh, the non-attacking is, that he shall do. It oh, is not Lord. Sunny's turn. <laughs> it is actually Nigel's turn. 
Uh, then Firethorn, who is rushing ahead, Ashka, and Sunny. Sunny actually goes last. Uh, I believe that. Hold on. Actually, what did the... I was wondering, did it did that thing have initiative? <laughs> it definitely does. Also, what about Renali? Oh, yeah. Um, she also has initiative. So she is actually dead last, surprisingly. And the manifestation gets to go first. With a 34. <laughs> okay. Got this. Don't die. The vision of Dahak unleashes a blast of fire from its burning maw, creating a cone of fire engulfing each of you. Make a reflex save. Oh, hell yeah. Ooh, that was close. Firethorn rolled a 19 plus 9, so a 28. I imagine Firethorn is unfazed. <laughs> Sunny rolled Unless a natural it's... two. I think Sunny will hero point that. That's better. Natural 19 plus 7, 26. I'm looking up if you take half damage on a save. Okay, yes. It is half. So, the DC was 26. Uh, what did Ashka get? So, Ashka was too busy looking at this magnificent being with stars in her mm -hmm. eyes, and she rolled, well, I rolled a nat one. Gotcha. <laughs> uh, so you critically fail. Correct. you're gonna take double damage. This is not good. Just FYI. We're here. <laughs> We're here. Um... Damn it. I got you back, girl. I got stabilized. You'll be fine. <laughs> uh, Alright, anyway. So, um... So she crit failed. Uh, Nigel? Uh, I thought for a second Nigel rolled in that one. Luckily, it was just a seven. Oh, you got lucky. Plus, plus 13, so 20. So still a failure. Uh, Sunny with your... 27? Was that right? And my roll thing went away. It might have been 26. Well, 26 saved. Okay, cool. So you're good. Uh, 26 saved, so you'll take half damage. And then, uh, what did Firethorn roll? 28. Yeah, so again, she also saved. So we'll take half damage. Apparently we don't get Raging Resistance until level 9. Which is a shame because that would be amazing, as like narratively. Because all right, 
<clears throat> so So it was 16 damage total. So Sunny and Firethorn take eight. Yes. And Ashka takes 32. You dead? Yeah, oh. see, there you go. Thank goodness we leveled up. I wouldn't have been dead even at level four, but it's still. Are helpful. you a Charhide Goblin? Yeah, so if it's fire damage, I actually take Yeah, less. it is fire damage. Awesome. Sorry, I was trying to do bomb math, so I maybe zoned out a little bit <laughs> That's fine. Yeah, it is uh, Divine Evocation Fire of 6d6 six okay. six damage. Said... Uh, you said what, 32, 34? 32. 32. Okay. All right. So, uh, that is the manifestations turn, leaving it to then be Nigel. So, Nigel will see Firethorn rushing at this dragon creature uh, and he will cast Shattering Gem oh nice it's I love a, that spell it's a two action spell normally normally touch is the range but he's going to use reach spell with it as well to make it 30 feet um, and then what Firethorn is going to notice if she can even see anything through the rage of wanting to fight a dragon um, is a large gem begins to float around her in an erratic pattern. And then what this will do is uh, provide you some uh, cover, some armor, essentially. Hell yeah. If you're attacked. Okay. So, so cool. if if she does get attacked, then we'll deal with the mechanics at that point. All right. Uh, you have one action left. No, I don't, because I use reach spells. So that was all three. Oh, okay. Uh, Nigel does add does add a little. So get him fire shorn. You got it. <laughs> so you are encouraging her homicidal rage against dragons. Yes. Okay. Ones that just breathe fire on us, yeah. That's fair, actually. Yeah. And I think at this point, like, you have now known each other for about three weeks. So, not a terrible amount of time. But also, you're spending all day long, you know, a lot of times together. Maybe not so much in Nigel's case, but still, quite a bit of time with each other. I think that... Well, I don't know. Firethorn, would you have opened up a little bit about your hatred for dragons more than you already have? I mean, it's come up a few times already. Mm-hmm. Like, there was, like, the Cobalt incident. Mm-hmm. There was the Cobalt incident. 
So yeah, I feel like they would, they would understand that, uh, you know, while I was, um, uh, enslaved, there were these horrible experiments, which gave, left me with my weird draconic powers, but, uh, left me also hating dragons for, you know, obvious reasons. All right. Perfect. Thank you. Kill that dragon. Uh, which makes it Firethorn's turn. So it's incorporeal, which I feel like, am I allowed to use, like, out, like, I can't hit it, right? Well, you have a magic weapon, don't you? That was oh yeah. Part of, you, you put a striking rune, right? On your... Right. That's yeah. just be double dice. It, uh, but it, uh, that also works against incorporeal creatures. Magic weapons. Okay. Let me okay. just well, check that. Just otherwise, she's going to try to intimidate this dragon. <laughs> like the... Also, uh, this might sound stupid, but like, is it immune? Well... Do I, would, I, would it make sense if I did fire damage? If I fire with fire? Yes. Uh, <laughs> yes. I'm gonna say you don't know for sure, but since it looks to be a being made completely of fire, because it's not a dragon underneath, right? Uh, it is probably immune. You don't know that for okay. sure, but you think so. Okay, so no, it, it you you are able to hit it. It is um immune to precision. But you are able to hit it with your weapon. So we are going to say again some obscenities to this thing in draconic. And we are going to roll to hit. Okay. Uh, roll to 10 plus 14 to hit, so a 24. Miss. Uh -huh, dang. Misses. Dang. Yep. Isn't it like a large creature? Like it's taking up the entire width of this hallway? It is. But it is also a uh, vision. It is not, you know, real. So it gets some bonuses for that. Okay, well, we'll try again. Okay, so this time I rolled a 19 plus 14 minus 5. So 33 minus 5. What is that, a 29? Ooh, nice. You hit. Yay! Roll damage. Okay, yeah, 20 damage. All right, 20 damage it is. So I rolled, a, yeah, so I get 2d8 plus 6 because I'm doing regular rage damage, not fire damage. So uh, I rolled an 8 and a 6 plus 6 for 20. Uh, and then a dark slash appears uh, across one of his wings as you uh, as your spike chain 
uh, hits home. And then for my last action, uh, I'm trying to remember how all this stuff works. I would like to do some raging intimidation. Okay, so I'm going to say some very, very insulting things to it in Draconic <laughs> and try to do it intimidating. Oh, nice. Yeah. Uh, so I, whatever I roll, I get a plus one. Keep so in mind, I'm allowed to do this because raging intimidation, I don't need concentrate, huh? Right, 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 right. So I have what? So you have learned the language of your enemy so that you can insult them in their own language. <laughs> exactly. I like it. That is fantastic. Oof! Rolled a four, plus 13, plus my plus one circumstance bonus, so an 18. He roars back at you. Okay. It, it did not succeed. No, I rolled a four. Uh, with that, Firethorn, I will end my turn. All right. Uh, Ashka. I take a full action to frown at all of the nasty things that Firethorn has said in Draconic. Uh, and then I drink one of my elixirs of life. So that's a uh, 3d6 plus six back. So that's an interact action. Yep. Uh, eight, nine, fifteen, and then a bonus on saving throws against disease and poison for ten minutes. So mm -hmm. that's nice. And then, um, even though I admire it greatly, it is blocking the hallway. So I'm going to use my quick bomber action to throw a frost vial at it. Okay. Um, ooh. Which is going to be a 13 plus 10, 23? Does not hit. Okay. Uh, there will be splash damage. And that splash damage is going to be two cold splash damage. Uh, just kidding. Because I have the feat that lets me use my intelligence. So that's four cold splash damage. All right. So. As much as you thought. Uh. You didn't do much. It was just splash. When the cold hit just the edge of his foot, it seems to spread out further than you were anticipating. As he takes extra damage from cold. It's almost like Ashka knows something about Yay! science. Weird. Or about fire. <laughs> or right. about fire. Her one true love. Fire. Um, uh, so that's her whole turn. Sunny, it's your turn. Time. Sunny 
strangely enough, just decided to take a knee and pray <laughs> to the great god Shaylin, the Eternal Rose. And see some of his little snapdragon flowers actually like start budding open so that he can try to praise her more with beauty. <laughs> uh, at that, the dragon screams out. And then smoke and fire seep back into the walls as it shrinks down inside and then dissipates. And Sonny will then just stand up, kind of dust himself off. You guys did it! Great job! Firethorn will scream coward at the walls. <laughs> oh, nice. <laughs> Renali says, uh, well, I did not remember that happening before. Excuse me. Could have been what scared you down the tunnel here, so... She kind of nods and let us hurry through. And you all hurry down to the end of the hall. Who is the first one through the portal? I mean, Firethorn's pretty eager. I was going to say, do we have to ask? Uh, it's polite okay. to ask, I'm, Chad. I okay. Well, I didn't say she went first. I'm like, if anybody else wants to, like, I'm not going to hog it. But like, I would say Renali is right on your heels. She is eager to get through. <laughs> and when you all get through the portal, the rest of you sort of hit the back of. Firethorn and Renali. As you come out of the portal and find 20 elven faces, all with their bows drawn, arrows pointed at you. A, a, a female voice says, And who do you think you are? And that is where we'll leave it for tonight. Thanks for listening to Dice Don't Die. Hey, if you like what we do, please visit us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Dice Don't Die. Or email us at DiceDon'tDiePod at gmail.com. The intro and outro song, Crunk Night, were created by Kevin McLeod. More of his work, and the work of many others, can be found royalty-free at filmmusic.io. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you on the next adventure.